0: I ask you to keep your Bibles open, and, and also we're, we are here in Ephesians 5. We will flip over a few pages to Philippians 2 uh, while we are studying this section together. So just keep that in mind. It'll just be a couple of turns to your right, maybe just one. One. So the message today is directed to husbands and young men and single men who one day hope and pray to be a husband to engaged men who are looking forward for their marriage to newlyweds to men who have been married for some time so, wives, I'll ask you not to nudge your, the side of your husband during the message uh, this morning. He'll get, a, he'll get enough nudging from the Holy Spirit. I will too. Um, but here's, here's what we are aiming at in today's message and in Saturday evening. Um, and for our men's Bible studies on Sunday evening is that God would make us men of God. That God would build a church here at Grassy Pond filled with men and uh, young men, that, that includes you. Men who love the Lord and are pursuing the Lord in their lives because God has called us to be spiritual leaders of the home, spiritual leaders of the church. And if we want healthy homes and holy, healthy marriages and churches, it begins with where our men are in the Lord. So it is our desire here uh, today and through the opportunities that we are allowed to give, that God would use these things in a great way in our lives. Let's pray together, ask for the Lord's help as we study uh, this passage together. Father, we love you and praise you. We thank you for this time and this opportunity. It is, as, as Matthew prayed earlier, such a grand privilege it is such a privilege to be gathered together as the body of Christ, to worship together, to pray together, to open up Scripture together. It's so much more than just a service, just an activity. It's a gathering of your people, and you promise to be in the midst of it, and you promise that your Word is alive and active and working And so something very special happens, Father, as we gather as your people and submit to you and honor and glorify you and and seek you in your word and declare praises to you through instrument and song and voice. Oh, it's a wonderful, beautiful, and we pray today, miraculous thing that You would faithfully move in our hearts, uh, in our men who are gathered today, that You would, Father, begin fashioning and and speaking and changing and working and growing in us a great affection and zeal for Your glory, that You would begin crafting us and, and shaping us to be the men of God You have called us to be, You have saved us to be. But even though, Father, this text and this sermon is directed to husbands, Lord, you, your, your Word is alive and active and there's application for everyone here. A- every age, single or married, male or female, husband or wife, because Your Word is for Your people and Your people are here and so we ask father that you make all you through your spirit you make all the hundreds of applications in our in our own individual hearts and and that we would respond in faith and joy and obedience and repentance and however you call us father today we pray that lord in the midst of the of uh, the world that we live in the culture that we live in that you would make us a different kind of people that's what the word saint actually means a a different people a holy people a sanctified people and we ask god uh, it must be you It must be you. Only you can change hearts. Only you can change minds. And as your word is opened and explained, Father, you work. And so we just trust now that you're going to do something wonderful. And we ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Husbands, love your wives by looking to Christ. Last week, we learned about true... Biblical Godly Love from 1 Corinthians 13. I made the comment uh, last week when I preached on what love is that 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 was the perfect Sunday for me to preach that message because Summer and Talitha were in Charleston. Actually, this would have been the perfect time for them to be in Charleston as I uh, preach on husbands today. The world has its own definition and practice of love, as we learned last week, but it's only a counterfeit, deceptive, destructive, selfish kind of love. But God is love, as we, as we read in 1 John. God is love. And so the true meaning and the true practice of love does not come from the world. It does not come from self but rather from the very character of God. It's it's by examining and learning the very character of God, the very nature and essence of God himself, who is love, that we learn what is love and how to love. So we learn about true love in 1 Corinthians 13, and our our prayer then is that we as God's people would would resist allowing the world to influence us and, and to shape our understanding of love and and to pursue love towards one another in the in the same way that God loves us. To to let First Corinthians thirteen four through eight be our guide, be our instruction manual as to how we are to love, as to what love truly is. Well, in in the same way as, as from last week to this week, in the same way our passage today in Ephesians 5 is specifically directed to husbands then. God is calling all of us as men to love our wives in a way that is totally different and foreign in the world. The world in no way loves in this way, because this way has nothing to do with the worldly way, as we will discover together. Whether you are married today, engaged to be married, hope one day to be Married, God is calling us to a deeper, more meaningful, gospel empowered kind of love. Now, men, the world around us has tragically and drastically distorted how we as men are to think of women and treat women. And it's a counterfeit, shallow, superficial, selfish, kind of love. We are in a culture inundated in pornography and so-called sexual freedom. Women are viewed as objects rather than as daughters of God. And when you add into that mix our own self-absorbed nature as sinners, men when you put us in that pool, that cultural pool that is distorting everything that God created and called good, then a distorted view of women leads to a distorted and corrupted view of love itself, which results in a very dysfunctional, broken, hurtful marriage. So, men, if we, if we are trained by the world, we simply don't know how to love. We, we, we know how to lust. I mean, that comes naturally. We're, we're sinners. That comes from our sin nature. But to love our wives in a way that, that draws her closer to God, think about that to love our wives in such a way in the things that we do and say and the way we live and who we are to love our wives in such a way that draws her closer to God and makes us better men that comes from God that doesn't come from the world that does that's not engineered from self That kind of love then must be learned, it it must be pursued, it must be relearned, it must be re-pursued, it must be practiced, it must be re-practiced over and over again because it's not of this world. Husbands, love your wives by looking to Christ. So that's what we're going to do, men, together today. We're going to look to Christ in terms of our marriage or even future marriage and see what the Lord has for us in making us the men he's called us to be. So number one, the first thing is Christ's love is sacrificial and sanctifying. Christ's love is sacrificial and and sanctifying. We see this in verses 25 through 27. Husbands, Paul writes under the inspiration of the Spirit, husbands love your wives. So notice that God commands us as husbands first to love our wives. In other words, I think the Bible is ...is making that crystal clear, right? There's no confusion. There's some things we read in the Bible and we don't don't understand, right? But for the most part, the Bible is very clear. Husbands, love your wives. Which means that God is saying, we've got to be told that. We've got to be commanded that. Because what we often think of love... Isn't love? We might say, well, I'm loving my wife. Well, the question is, are we loving our wives in a God-honoring way? Or in a worldly way or or selfish way? What we think of love isn't because it's not God's way of love. And God defines love. God is love. And to not love our wives with a God-centered love is not an option. So, the very first thing we see in this passage is the Lord speaking to us as men and as husbands, simply saying, husbands, love your wives. It's not an option not to love your wife. It's not an option not to love our wives in God's definition and God's gracious way of loving Because remember, as we learned last week, love never ends. So we ought to be constantly giving attention to loving our wives. When God addresses husbands directly, the first thing he says, of all the things that could be said, and of all the things that need to be said, of things that husbands should be doing, The first thing that God says, the the, the one that comes to the very forefront is love your wives. That's where our walk with the Lord as husbands actually begins and how it is defined as men of God, how we are loving our wives. So, at the very least, men, we ought to be taking time on a very practical way to spend time with our wives, to date our wives. Date your wife. Say special things and do special things to express to her and reassure her that you love her. We should leave no doubt in her mind that she is first in our heart after Christ. And she should have no doubt that Christ is first. And no doubt that she's first right after Christ. Husbands, love your wives. But how are we to love our wives? In, In what way? What does this kind of love that God is commanding, what what does that look like? How how does that flesh out? Well, Paul doesn't leave us confused, does he? He gives us all of this explanation in the passage before us. And it begins with with this heading, and then he will explain what he means by that. How are we to love our wives? As Christ loved the church. And then he spends the rest of the verses explaining what he means by that. How are we to love our wives as Christ loves the church? So now we see clearly that we're not talking about anything from the world, are we? The world doesn't come up with this kind of love. It comes up with all kinds of counterfeits as we studied last week. All kinds of distortions, all kinds of distractions... But God, who is love, says that this love of a husband to wife is the love, is love, is true love. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. So this is a holy love. This is a pure love. This is a godly love. So we are, as husbands, to pattern our love for our wives after Christ, love for the church he is our model he is our example we love our wives by looking to Christ he is our teacher he is our source our strength our great example Our relationship with our wives, then, should mirror Christ's relationship with His people. How Christ relates to His people is the model before us as men of how we are to be relating to our wives. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. So how does Christ love the church? Well, that's our first point, isn't it? Christ's love is sacrificial and sanctifying. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Sacrificial. That's what it means. The love that Christ has for his people is the model for the love we are to have for our wives. Men, we simply need to ask this question. How does Christ love me? If you, are, if you are a follower of Christ, if you are a disciple of Christ, how does Christ love you? How does Christ love me? That's how we love our wives. And we begin to learn then When we ask that question, how does Christ love me? That's when we begin to learn how to best love her. And it's, first of all, a sacrificial love. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. He gave himself up for her, for the church. By the way... Just as a side note, and the more post-Christian we get in our culture, the more side notes preachers have to make, okay? So, Christ being the Son of God and the language of the church being in a feminine language, her, that's not a, that's not a mistake. That's part of God's plan. That's part of who God is and who his people are, as we'll learn later in this text, uh, why that is in our marriage. Philippians chapter 2, verses, uh, if you're wondering why I said that, we have a lot of confusion in our language and a lot of confusion about why the Bible is written the way it's written. Philippians chapter 2, verse Beginning in verse 5, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So, this is the mind for all of us, because this is the mind of Christ, so we're following His leadership by His strength, who, though He was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So how do we love our wives? As Christ loved the church, how does Christ loved the church. It's a sacrificial love. He gave up himself for her. So we look here in Philippians chapter 2, and we see Paul is speaking of that process of the Son of God in glory all the way to the Son of God on the cross. Christ willingly laid aside his rights, what he deserved. That's how Christ loved us. That's how we love our wives. Christ gave himself to be our servant. That's how Christ loved us. That's how we love our wives. Christ put himself in our place in the form of man. That's how Christ loved us. That's how we love our wives. Christ humbled himself. Christ obeyed the Father. There's no greater blessing to our wives, men, than to be the men of God that he's called us to be. No greater blessing for her than to be married to a man of God. Now, there are other things that may seem to be blessings. May seem to be greater blessings. But there is no greater blessing in terms of eternity and eternal joy than to be married to a man of God. Christ humbled himself. Christ obeyed the Father. Christ ultimately yielded up his life. That's how he loved us. That's how we love our wives. And he gave up everything in order to save us. He gave up himself for her. N- not, not, just, not just for her benefit, not just to win her love and, and, and appreciation and affection, but to eternally save her. Greater love has no man than this... And that's why, in the rest of that Philippians passage, that's why we as God's people will praise the Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever and ever. So consequently, men, if we would love our wives this way, as men of God, following Christ's leadership, loving her as Christ has loved us, she wouldn't have any difficulty supporting us, following us, respecting us, when she knows her best interest, her best spiritual interest is our main objective. That's how Christ loved us. That's exactly how Christ loved us. Even when we were unworthy and undeserving, God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ loved us. Christ died for us. Romans 5.8 Now, there's all kinds of ways that we can make daily sacrifices to demonstrate our love. Setting aside our plans if needed, taking the time to talk and listen, valuing, learning from her input and her perspective. Going out of our way to do something special, there's all kinds of things. All of these are wonderful expressions and and we should practice them. But that's not exactly the the goal or the point of the text, is it? Just little daily sacrifices here and there just for the point of being little daily sacrifices. Those are good. Those are wonderful. But there's a larger point here. There's a larger purpose. There's a larger goal here, isn't there? Look with me at this text. Husbands, back over to Ephesians 5... Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's the sacrificial. That, so here's the purpose. Why did he give himself up for her? That he might sanctify her. That was what the giving himself, that's what the sacrifice was meant for, to sanctify her. Not to make her day, but to make her eternity. He gave himself that he might sanctify her. And how how is he sanctifying her? Well, here it is. Having cleansed her, there's your regeneration, coming to faith in Christ. Having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. There's the power of the living word, the gospel in our lives to save us. So that, verse 27, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. So there's that initial washing and cleansing and then there's that whole lifetime of growing in the Lord That he might present the church in splendor, without spot, without wrinkle, that she would be holy and without blemish. That's why he gave his life, to sanctify her. In other words, Christ's love for us makes us more like Christ. The best way Christ can love us is so that we would be more like Christ. That we as his people would be, would be holy and blameless, without spot, without wrinkle. So his love is sacrificial and sanctifying. The sacrifice of Christ, the sacrifice that Christ makes for us in his death on our behalf the goal of which is to make us like him. So men, how does that apply? We should be asking the Lord, how does that apply to our individual marriage? Men, we must hear what God is teaching us today and live on a different level than the world and love on a different level than the world. We are to sacrificially love our wives in such ways that she is becoming more like Christ. That's love. That's biblical true love. We are to love our wives in sacrificial ways that that she's growing in the Lord, that she's trusting in God more, that she's loving Jesus with a greater and greater affection, that her faith is becoming deeply rooted, that, that, that she's looking to God more and more and clinging to him more and more. The way we live and and the way we love should be bolstering her faith and encouraging her walk. This This is the way Christ loves the church. And so according to this passage, there is no better way to love. If there was a better pattern, if there was a better map, a better road guide, it would be here. But the Bible says, husbands love your wives... As Christ loves the church, that is the only way. So, men, how do we do that? We should be reading this passage every day and asking the Father, how do we do that? How do we adjust our schedules, our priorities, our routines, our attitudes, our conversations so that we are making it easy for her to pursue the Lord? So we are creating an environment at at home and, and in our lives and in our hearts that she's desiring to pursue the Lord. That she is further and further detaching from the world and further and further attaching to Christ. What's our place in that, men? As husbands, it's absolutely primary, according to Ephesians 5. So what can we do to make sure? There, there, there are three things that um, there, there are three things that we call the ordinary means of grace. In other words, these are places where God is is actively moving. His grace is is is, is always there. So they're ordinary means of grace. And, and wh- what we learn is that the, if we want to be growing in the grace and knowledge of God and, and, and becoming more like Christ, the more we put ourselves in those three places where grace is always flowing, the, the more we are exposed to God's grace in our lives. Th- those three places are the Bible, prayer, and church. The Bible, prayer, and church. So we ought to be asking ourselves, men... We ought to be asking ourselves, what are we doing in, in our words, in our actions, in our example, in our encouragement to make it easy for our wives to be constantly putting their lives in the flow of these three rivers of grace, Bible, prayer, church? How are we enabling and, and helping? How are we encouraging Furthermore, when she's struggling with an issue or struggling with a decision or a problem or when our relationship between one another is struggling, we, we should be taking the initiative to, to be there, to listen. Isn't that what Christ does for the church? Isn't he always there? Does he ever rush us? We, we should be taking the time, making the room, planning the opportunity to not only listen and, and, and take in, but to then do what Christ does. What, what does Christ do? When we come to him with issues and when we're, when we're in prayer before him, what does he do? He directs us to truth. He directs us to the character of God. He directs us to faith in him. So how are we bringing the truths and the promises of Scripture and the graces of God to the issues in our lives, in our marriage, that our wives are facing? Not, not in a uh, looking down upon, condescending way, in a way that's uplifting, encouraging, helpful. So here, here it's awful quiet in here today. Men, here's what here's something very practical for us. Start every day with First Corinthians thirteen. Put, put it, put it, First Corinthians thirteen four through eight. Put it somewhere where you see it every day. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It seeks not its own. It doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing. It rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Put that, let's put that somewhere where we see that all the time. So we can constantly be praying, God help me love that way. God help me love that way. God, how can I be more patient? God, how can I be more kind? God, I was arrogant yesterday. I was, just, I was seeking my own way yesterday. Forgive me, God. Help me to, to be a man of God and, and, and bearing through this that we're going through right now. We ought to have 1 Corinthians 13. That should begin every day. What love is. And we should end every day with Ephesians 5. Put it somewhere. Ephesians 5.25. Put it in your mind. Put it in your heart. Put it on your lampstand. Put it somewhere. Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. This, you see it all the time. So you can be thinking all the time. Did I love her that way today? Lord, where can I grow in there today? Help me tomorrow to, make the, to be better. And pray. So begin our day with 1 Corinthians 13. End our day with Ephesians 5. And all through in between that day for God to, to help us put it into practice what we read, to, to pour His love into our hearts that it would pour out of our lives to change us to be more like Him, to love more like Him. And men will know we're on the right track loving her when we see her growing in the Lord. That's when we'll know we're, we're, we're getting it right when we see her thirsty and hungry for the Lord that's how christ's love is so that means before we can ever love our wives as christ loves the church that we must be men of god we must be desiring those things we can't lead or encourage our wives to hunger and thirst for the lord if we're not hungering and thirsting for the lord so it begins with god's work in our hearts men So again, I want to encourage you. That's what Saturday night is all about. We're 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 changing a few little things, and we're adding some exciting things that will have more opportunities for our men here to be growing in the Lord, to be encouraging one another, and holding each other accountable to grow in the Lord, to be putting spiritual priorities as first priorities. So I encourage you to be there. Christ's love is sacrificial and sanctifying. Okay, we're going to hit those uh, these next two pretty quickly. So the second one then in verses 28 through 30, Christ's love provides and protects his body. Christ's love provides and protects his body. In verses 28 through 30... The Bible says, in the same way, husbands should, should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Here it is. Just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. See that? See how we're patterning our love for our wives after Christ's love for the church, which is his body. So we are to love our wives as we love our own bodies because that's how Christ loves the church, as his own body. The church is the body of Christ, and so Christ nourishes that. He nourishes his body. He cherishes his body. His body. Christ not only saves us for heaven, but he dwells within us right here, right now. He never leaves us or forsakes us. He intercedes constantly to the Father on our behalf. Christ is praying for you right now. How often then, men, are we praying for our wives? Christ strengthens our faith, he sustains us, he keeps us, he protects us from the enemy, he provides us with daily bread, daily grace. He not only has gone to prepare a place for us, but he is making sure we get there. That's how Christ loves the church, how he nourishes and cherishes his body. So husbands, we are to love our wives the same way. When we marry, the Bible says the two become one. She is she is part of us and we are part of her. We are one together. She is now our body as well, and we are hers. So love her as Christ loves his body. When we don't love our wives, we're only hurting ourselves because she is now one with us it's like it's not it's like hating your own body paul says no one ever does that except those who are ever overcome with evil right no one ever intentionally hurts their own body unless sin is having its way We're only hurting ourselves if if we're not nourishing our wives and cherishing her in this way. So here's the point. This is the point Paul is making. Here's the big picture, men. The more we nourish and cherish her in the faith, the better we become. The better men we are. Because she is us. We are her. Her. We're one. You see, the Lord's, with the Lord, it's always opposite of the world, isn't it? You don't get better by how much you get. You get better by how much you give. That's the Lord's way. Nourish and cherishes her as Christ does the church. Listen to these words, these words from um, Isaiah 43. I've been trying to uh, commit a few verses to my heart and mind. And uh, Isaiah 43 4 is one that I've been working on this week, thinking about, meditating on. And, and this is God speaking to his people. Isaiah 43 4, this is how God views his people. Listen to these words You are precious in my eyes and honored. And I love you. That's God speaking to his people. That's Christ speaking to his church. That's it, man. That's how Christ loves the church. That's how we love our wives. So Christ's love is sacrificial and sanctifying. He loves us in such a way that we become like him. That's how we should be loving our wives, that she's becoming like Christ. Christ. Christ's love also provides and protects his body. That's the way we should be loving our wives. And then we come to verses 31 through 33, and we find the foundation for it all. Therefore, verse 31, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Husbands portray Christ in the marriage. You see, you see, men, marriage is more than a social contract. It's more than an agreement for two people to live together under the same roof and share the bills and enjoy one another. Marriage is a gospel institution. God created marriage... And way back in Genesis 1 and 2, when God created marriage, he created it with the divine sovereign plan that it would be a gospel witness throughout the ages. When the world then defines marriage, it it loses its very nature and purpose. The meaning of marriage is found in the gospel. That's exactly what Ephesians 5 teaches us. So in verse 31, quoting Genesis, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother just like Christ left his father in glory. He left glory, he left his father and came to this earth and hold fast to his wife. That's how, that's exactly how Christ holds fast to us. He says, all that the father has given me, I will in no way lose a single one. He holds you fast. That's why Genesis says... Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, you're portraying Christ, and shall hold fast to his wife, you're portraying Christ. And the two shall become one. Just as we are, when we embrace Christ as Lord and Savior, the Scripture says we are united to him in his death and in his resurrection. We become one with Christ. Christ prays for us in John 17. Father, I, I, I pray that they would be one with us as you and I are one. That's what marriage means. If we get this right, husbands and wives, young and single who are looking for marriage, one day, if we get this right, this is a revolution. So how 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 do you portray Christ in the marriage? Well, let's just look at look at verse thirty two. Or when we look at verse 32, what's it saying there? He says, this, this mystery is profound. So the two becoming one in marriage. He said, this, this is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. So marriage is a living picture of the gospel. And husbands portray Christ. And the wives portray the church. So how? What does that look like? How do you do that? Well, there's verse 33. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. That's how husbands, you portray Christ. Wives, that's how you portray the church. It just comes down to that. So you see, there is something here for all of us. Does your marriage need to be renewed or rekindled? Then build it on the gospel. Reflect Christ and the church. Do you want your young, new marriage to be the best it can possibly be? Then build it on the gospel. Reflect Christ and the church. For our students and our singles... Do you desire a a marriage that is a gospel institution? Then begin right now building your life on the gospel. We should be asking ourselves these kinds of questions. So let's conclude with just some thoughts on verse 33. Wives, do you... Do you respond to your husband as the church is to respond to Christ in attitude, in word, in action, in following, in supporting? Are your thoughts and reactions toward him in line with what our thoughts should be toward Christ? How are we to look to Christ? How are we to respond to Christ? How are we to speak to Christ? Men, all men, do we look to Christ or do we look to the world or to self? Do we look like Christ or do we look more like the world? Do we love like Christ or do we love like the world loves If you want to really let the rubber meet the road, so to speak, men, we can take that 1 Corinthians thirteen four through 8, and that Ephesians five twenty five through 33 that we're keeping in our minds and praying constantly, and then we can, we can dare to have one of those, um, you know, come to Jesus meeting dates with our wives and read these two passages and simply say, how am I doing? Now, give yourself some time first. Work on it a little while. And then say, "How, how am I doing? And then listen. If we will have revival among our men, if we will have God raise up a group of men, young men, Students, singles, married men, golden age men who are absolutely zealous for the holiness of God and the gospel in this community. We will then have revival in this church. We will then have revival in this community. We will then have revival in our homes. For far too long, we've let far too many things. Men, take our time, our attention, our resources. I don't know about you. But every new home that goes up in a rock's throw of this church, I'm thinking they need to be in church. They need to know Jesus. And I'm wondering. What we're going to do about it. And what we're willing to do. To get them here. God's bringing them to us. Matthew prayed earlier. This church has been here a hundred and. What did he say? Forty three Years for this time for this time there's enough people in a rock throw of this church that we shouldn't have a place to sit we should be worshiping in the gym by now not because we want to because we have to if we're going to have a place to put everybody if we want them to come men It begins with us. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you today. We're asking God that you would set Christ before our hearts. We are asking that you would, that you would, that Christ would be made known and Revealed in our hearts and lives in such a way that we as men would love Him and pursue Him. That as the ladies of this church would see Him and love Him and pursue Him. As believers we would grow in our relationship with Him. If there's any apart from Him today that they would know Him today. And that you would begin to rebuild and renew and refresh and revive our hearts and our homes and I, we know it begins with us as men because we are to love our wives as Christ loves the church. So, Father, help us today. We need to be encouraged, motivated. We need to be revived. We, we need repentance. We need correction. We need direction. We need the filling of the Spirit. We need your day-by-day grace. Some of us need Christ. So help us, Father, in these next moments as we respond to your word, that your will would be accomplished and you would be glorified. It's in Christ's name we pray. You have been listening to the sermon ministry of Will Owens, pastor of Grassy Pond Baptist Church, Gaffley, South Carolina. Be sure to visit willowens.com to hear more sermons, read blogs, and learn more about the missions branch P67 missions. Again, thank you we listening to Will Owens.